Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Joining us on the telephone, we have Travis Browning calling us. Travis is an interesting case, and this is not actually interesting or unusual. I mean, what he does is very interesting. He's an active law enforcement officer, active first responder, and is a case with many active first responders. They're not allowed to talk in the media, in public, in ways that identify the agents they work for. So we're not going to talk about that part at all. Travis, thanks so much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Show. Very much appreciated. Thank you all for having me. Something I hear all the time, especially the whole NFL thing, is right to free speech. I'm like, yeah, we haven't had that right to free speech at work for a long time. And even when we're off duty, you have to be careful what you say, especially in social media and everything else. If you work as a law enforcement officer, firefighter, corrections, dispatcher, anything like that, you have to be very careful what you say. Yeah, absolutely. It's been so stigmatized, I think, you know, that uh, everybody don't want to talk about it. And, and the guys that honestly, I think, do need some help don't want to come out and say anything for fear of losing their job or fear of losing a license. I mean, what good are you going to do if you can't provide for your family from what you're doing? Right. And and, and, that's, that's, and we're kind of jumping the gun. You're talking about reaching out and talking to each other about uh, something that's not unique to first responders, but maybe our response has been unique and certainly not mm-hmm. done enough. We're talking about trauma, traumatic stress, critical incidents, and the after effects of how they affect people, particularly with post-traumatic stress, correct? Correct. Absolutely, yes. I've read studies and research that they say right now about 30% of all first responders are walking around with some degree of post-traumatic stress. I, I don't like the term disorder. I know it's what's used I prefer the term injury, but they're walking around some degree of that, and our retirees probably even more so. That's just the cases that we actually know about, too. You know, Uh, a lot of things go unreported. So how many do do we actually have out there that need some help? And and we both know uh, this is not an uh, an issue that is uh, secret. Uh, We have a tremendous suicide problem uh, for law enforcement and first responders uh, again, this year, more law enforcement officers committed suicide, I said last year, than were killed in line of duty by a long way. And this is not yeah. new. And, you know, I'm glad you're talking 
Uh, we're going to talk about your organization, what you do. But one of the things me and a lot of friends are saying is that while we're trying to wait for police administrators, city hall, all those people to to take a, a different stance uh, with post-traumatic stress and suicide prevention, all that stuff, that's a long wait in some cases. Some are far better than others. But you know what we can do is guys like you and I can start talking to each other and we can start asking each other, hey, bro, you okay? You know, if you're not, let's, let's chat. Let's talk. You're not alone. You're not a freak. Yeah, we've actually started saying that uh, peer support groups are actually a lot better than some of the conventional medicine and, and therapies and other you know options that we have out there. There's nothing wrong with talking about things. I think the more that we can uh, talk to our fellow brothers, sisters, you know, uh, friends and family, the more likely of a chance we'll have to save a lot of these people that we're losing. Uh, and, and really produce better numbers on on helping this PTSD or you know uh, post traumatic incidents that we're having. And uh, you are so motivated that you uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say you alone, but I'm just gonna, since we're talking with you, you and I, you started an organization to help. It's called Heroes Behind the Line. Uh, tell us about that. Well, uh, we're located here in Arkansas. Uh, we started looking around. We we noticed that we we're having different first responders that were having several issues. Uh, my personal background is I, I started as a, a junior firefighter at the age of 15, kind of come up as a cadet, you know, getting to watch kind of everybody else do the job and, and help out. And as I progressed and got older, I moved into being a certified fireman. Um, the niche, though, was still there. I still felt like I didn't have something accomplished yet. So I, I joined the military, was deployed, uh, did a tour of duty in Iraq, came back from Iraq, still was like, okay, what do we do now? That's when I turned and went to the law enforcement side of things. Uh, started a career, been doing that now for uh, about 10 years, uh, and started noticing that guys around me uh, were having some problems. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of wanted to help, so I went to EMT school, uh, became an EMT to be able to help out a little bit more on my time off, you know. Uh, and I noticed through all three of those ranks, the fire, the EMS, and the police, is that they all had the same exact issues. We all you know, went to the same type of calls, whether it be somebody with a gun or not, you know, they were still bad calls. Yeah. And several of the friends talked about the problems. I could see the anger that I started to have, um, you know, from dealing with some of these bad calls, the start of the negativity that I started having. And I started noticing it in myself that I, I think I was having a problem. I finally decided to go and, and seek some, some help uh, with the doctors. And they said, you know, you have PTSD. Uh, if you wanted to put a title with it. Uh, and so I wanted to say, well, that's just an ugly word to say to somebody. You know, you have a disorder. You know, I don't, I'm kind of like you. I don't oh, like yeah. that. I, I, yeah. Something about that makes my skin <laughs> crawl, just hearing the word disorder. And and another yeah. thing is the term anxiety, because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't accurately describe, in my opinion, the fight or flight adrenaline response that comes. It, it, you know, anxiety to me is like someone that's uh, – afraid that they something's not going to be on sale at uh, Macy's and they get all nervous. I I have a different connotation. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of the unfortunate side of this is that you have those classifications, if you will, of of what they are, but we, uh, that's what we're kind of aiming to please. So are aiming to change rather. Uh, So we, we started uh, me and uh, a couple other people had, decided, you know, we've got all these issues, we're seeing these increased suicide rates, and we're seeing guys and gals leave the job, and, you know, why are we losing all these good people that are really good police officers, or really good firemen, or really good EMS personnel? 
And it all kind of started going back to that same cause and that same issue. And so we started Heroes Behind the Line. You know, we started out not really knowing what kind of response that we would get from other people. Uh, the more and more that we talk about it, the more and more that we spread the word of what we're trying to do, the more and more we're seeing uh, people opening up and being more responsive to talking. Our main objective is to help any first responder, whether it be police, fire, EMS, dispatch, corrections. If you're a nurse, if any kind of, you know, hands-on first responder type person, we want you to know that it's okay to talk about this. We want you to know that you're not alone, that there's plenty of other people out there experiencing this exact same problem and and also that you've got some help. So that's kind of where our in line comes into is being able to reach out and talk to these people and get them some help if they need it. Um, like I said, you know, sometimes we found that uh, clinical help isn't necessarily what they need, but maybe some peer support systems. Uh, just talking to a guy face-to-face, like you said, at a coffee shop or whatever, is really, I think, kind of allowing these people to understand that their problems are okay and they're not really problems after all. It's just everybody deals with this, and we all need to find a way to attack it together and, and uh, help each other out. And I like the way you are doing this, like uh, brother and sister one-on-one that mm-hmm. you know that's the conversation we need to start having and, and you're coming from a law enforcement background and you also are a military veteran and uh, a firefighter and i want to thank you for your service in all three areas thank you one of the things that you know firsthand is you know i don't know what terms they use in arkansas where you are but in baltimore uh, when an officer was in a really bad situation an officer needs assistance call it was called a signal 13 and, and a, a unique sound would come over citywide dispatch and they'd say signal 13 where the location is what info they knew and no matter what we were doing we would all stop everything and go through hell or high water to go save that person we would do whatever was required it didn't matter if it was gunfire it didn't matter what it was or what you're doing, you would go. And this is kind of the attitude that we need to take with these first responders, active or retired, that are struggling and are in need of our assistance. We need to stop what we're doing. We need to talk to each other. That's all we got to really do. Yeah, and there's just so much stigma uh, around it. People don't want to talk about it. You know, I, I just remember when I first started this and people heard that I had PTSD. Uh, there was other veterans uh, police officers that are around me. And, 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 you know, the bad thing is, is the VA, uh, if you've ever been through anything with the VA, you know, sometimes it's kind of a, you know, uh, something you gotta, you know, weave your way in and out, get the help, get, you know, and, and it's kind of crazy, but so many people worry about, well, they're going to take away my gun rights or they're going to, you know, tell me I can't work the job or whatever. And, and so, so many people don't want to come out and say anything. So whenever they say, I have a problem, everybody's like, Shh, you know, don't talk yeah. about that, man. You know, you can't say nothing. You know, if, if the higher ups hear this or if a uh, uh, attorney hears this or whoever, you know, the, it's going to be the end of your career. And so I, I just don't understand why we can run into gunfire or run to a bad accident scene and not think twice about it. But we have to push aside what's going on inside of each one of us and not receive some help if we need it. All good points. We're going a short break. We're talking with Travis Browning active law enforcement officer, firefighter, military veteran, about his organization combating and helping others with post-traumatic stress disorder. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. 
That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677. Get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Back to our conversation with Travis Browning on the Law Enforcement Today show. Your organization is called Heroes Behind the Line. Get more details about them on their Facebook page, Heroes Behind the Line. You also have a uh, website. What is that address? Uh, it's heroesbehindtheline.wordpress.com. And we also have Instagram and the Twitter. So pretty much the main sources of social media is where we kind of reach out to everybody at. Well, this is a big undertaking for for anyone to do, but obviously you're motivated uh, what would you say has motivated you to start doing this? Was it your own experience with post-traumatic stress disorder or, or seeing uh, what happened to others on the job or a combination of both? It's really a combination of both. You know, when I first uh, started having, you know, 
a few issues that I was having and, and wanted to see about getting some help. Uh, you know, I went to the VA cause I'm, I'm a veteran and they sent me to a, a clinician to talk to them. And, you know, my first question to him was, you know, well, what branch of service was you in? And he kind of gave me that funny look. And, uh, I realized at that point that he wasn't in a branch of service and he was never deployed overseas. And so honestly, I kind of, I got disconnected with this guy because, he didn't have a clue of what I was about to talk about. He didn't understand the feelings that I had, the, the stuff that we had went through. And so when I started thinking about heroes and we, we did this, that was kind of a thing we had uh, in mind was we're heroes helping heroes. We are first responders. And what better person to talk to another first responder is a first responder. Absolutely. Um, you know, that way you know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. I may not have been at that scene, but I've been at one that's exactly similar. I might've been worse or better or whatever. And so that's why we wanted to do this. It started getting, we in Arkansas, we started having uh, some suicides uh, around first responders and EMS. And there was a couple of them that hit really close to home for me. Uh, one of them was that one of the own uh, services that I worked for. Um, one of them was very close friends at another service. And, you know, one of them was at a, a pretty good sized police department here in Arkansas uh, and, and I just didn't understand how we missed those things. And we heard some statements from different, uh, different incidents on these. And, and one of them that was kind of common amongst them was, uh, well, we knew they were having problems, but, and there was just kind of a trailing dot, dot, dot at the end of that. And, you know, so I'm like, you're telling me that you guys knew that this person was experiencing some issues, but why didn't we help them? Why didn't we do something? Is it because we don't know what to do? Is it because we don't know how to do it? So that's kind of where Heroes wanted to start up was to be able to not only help the first responder, but if these departments or agencies or whatever need some guidance, we can come in with some training possibly or resources or whatever that we got to do to stop this number from continuously going up. And so that's so, where Heroes so really important to, to, to find a way to start the conversation. Is, and this is not just an Arkansas thing. So many people I've interviewed on the Law Enforcement Today show say that if they're afflicted with PTSD, that people stop talking to them. Or if they knew someone was having problems, they stopped talking to them because, A, they didn't know what to say. B, they're afraid of making it worse. And C, I think deep down, there was a fear factor that this this could happen to uh, Travis Browning, this could happen to me. And I don't, I don't want to deal with that fact. I mean, we all deal with the possibility that we can get hurt or killed. We all know that, but thinking that a guy who's uh, on the ball doing a good job, he's, as we said in Baltimore, good police, you know, a good firefighter, whatever. And all of a sudden he starts cracking. I don't want to look that that's even possible for me. And it is. Well, how do you go from being the guy that everybody looks up to to being the guy that they think's a problem? Yeah, it was upsetting. It really was, and and I know that feeling very much so. Um, and that's why we're trying to change this to where nobody has to go through that and make things worse. Because it does get much worse, and a lot of people find yes. permanent solutions to these problems, not knowing that it gets better. Exactly. And it can, and when I say it gets better, it can get dramatically better. It's not a yeah. death sentence by by any stretch. So one of the questions that I have immediately, have you found departments to be receptive to what you are offering? We, we started seeing that, like I said, when we started putting this information out and, you know, we didn't know what kind of response we were going to get. 
you know, Arkansas itself, a uh, great state, but, uh, you know, sometimes they're, they're a little bit hesitant about changing things or talking about certain things. And this being one of them, you know, we were so afraid, like, oh, these people aren't going to listen to us, you know, <laughs> uh, what are we going to do? And so the more and more that we push it out, the more and more that we're seeing that it's, there's so many people that have been waiting for this to happen. Uh, and so that's why we keep doing this. That's why we keep moving forward. We ended up looking to figure out, okay, what can we do now to help these people across the state? So we actually have talked to the uh, Code 9 Project. Uh, a lot of Great people, people by the way. Deborah Ortiz and them. Brandon Lee Baker, they, you won't find two better people anywhere. You will not. Um, so we've talked to Code 9, and, you know, we've, uh, we love their, their mission, uh, mission that they're on and the message that they put out. And so we said, you know what, um, they kind of have fielded this, you know, in other states before. Let's get with them and see what we can do. So currently right now uh, we've, we've got it in the process or in the works that Code 9 is coming to Arkansas, and uh, they're going to be here the March uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, there'll be more on our website and Facebook as that comes along, but uh, that's kind of a secret date that we hadn't put out to everybody yet. But we'll put it out to you guys. It's uh, out but there now. Come here. Yeah, it's out there now. Uh, so we're they're going to come up here and, and they're going to spread their message to really be able to give back to some first responders to really help them. And I think that uh, you know that's the whole purpose of what we're trying to do is to make the stigma go down, to make it to where it's more comfortable to be be able to come out and uh, and to hear this information. So. By the way, if you've not heard the interviews with uh, Brandon Lee Baker or Deborah Ortiz of Code 9, you can find them as podcasts on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. So please be sure to check them out. Debbie talks, both Debbie and Brandy Lee Baker talk about their motivation. And a lot of their motivation came from watching loved ones suffer and, and what the impacts of their PTSD, for lack of better words, was on the family. Uh, you obviously are, are coming at it from your own personal experience. And one of the things that you said, I want to backtrack a little bit, is when you were at the VA and you asked the, the therapist, the counselor, the doctor, whoever it was, what branch they served in, and they didn't have an answer. Your response, was that it, different? Oh, it, was a, it was almost an instantaneous shutdown because I just couldn't understand, like, how would this, how would this person even understand what I seen, what I smelled, how it felt. You know, I, I understand that they, they, that man has probably gone through years of training to do what he does, but he didn't spend five minutes in the desert like I did. Um, and so it just complete shut down. I just, you know, I really put my wall up because not only am I having to tell this guy some of my deepest, deepest darkest secrets, but how is he going to understand it? How is he going to look at me? Is he going to judge me? You know, that was my biggest concern. Right. And that's why I think a lot of people don't reach out for problems, you know, when they have problems is because they want to get, they don't want that judgment. I hate judgment. You know, it no, just absolutely. makes you feel so bad, whether it's big or not. It's just, nobody likes that. And, and plus all the, the all the questions from people who don't understand uh, can be difficult too. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Travis Browning. Uh, active law enforcement officer, also a firefighter, U.S. military veteran. We're talking about his organization, Heroes Behind the Line, and what he does. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. 
Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the Doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786 800-932-1786. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888 888- 9919725 and online at transformationstreatment.center Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. We're expanding. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly. We now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Like I said... We've got two Facebook pages now. So when you have a chance, if you haven't done so already, the easiest way to keep up with all the news and updates regarding the Law Enforcement Today radio show, also a great way to interact and contact me is to like and follow our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Back to the Law Enforcement Today show with our special guest, Travis Browning, calling us from the great state of Arkansas. I got to admit, I've never been to Arkansas, but I I see a lot of good things. I hear a lot of good things. And also, there is a, a negative stigma about Arkansas that is perpetuated by Hollywood and the media that, you know, I can't help but think of that right away. And it's probably not accurate at all, is it? No, 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 no. No, Arkansas is a lovely state, you know, uh, we just we're a little bit quieter down here, so you don't hear about all these things that we're actually doing. But that's this is where Heroes is trying to make headway and change some of that. So I also noticed the very same Hollywood machine also puts out a, a stereotypical portrayal of police officers mm-hmm. that 
uh, you and I both would say is not accurate. No, until, you know, I hate to say this, but until you walk, you know, a few miles in what we do every day, it's, it's hard to, you know, I don't come to your job and say, I know how to do it after, you know, watching you do it for five seconds. Right. And so I think if we can get some of that cut out, it is what it is. But, you know, as, as an officer, as long as everybody on this station's probably been, is this just what we have to deal with? And we hunker down and we keep doing the job. That's right. And you find a way to get it done. And, and the, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. One of the things, and, and this is a, a recurring theme on the Law Enforcement Show, is when you watch almost any movie, any series on television involving police, and firefighters as well, there's always going to be at least one character on there who is uh, a heavy, heavy drinker. He may mm-hmm. be doing a lot of pills. He's been divorced two or three times. He doesn't get along with anybody. Uh, he never sees his kids, and he's volatile, and he's got a very, very bad temper. And, and they portray this guy as a bad guy, as, you know, almost like a villain. And when I watch those those shows, those movies, I look at that guy differently now, and I say, that's probably a cat that's suffering with some th- degree of PTSD. Absolutely. And, you know, the problems with things like that is that makes me look bad. Yeah. Because I tell you, you know, when this first came out, people started hearing about it. You know, that's when I started kind of getting the cold shoulder a little bit. You know, people looked at you a little differently. You know, the, the, the higher echelons asking you, hey, you know, is this going to be a liability to us? You know, is there something we need to be concerned about? And it's like, it's all because of those portrayals that have been negatively put out against us. And that's um, not even remotely close to what the, the, the right. real deal is like. I mean, there might be elements of truth in that, but they over-exaggerate it for, for dramatic purposes. Absolutely. And every case isn't the same. Just because you see, granted, there may be that one person that has an extreme case. Uh, of, of those type of things, but that's not the common, that's not the normal, um, you know, in, in a lot of cases. So, you know, as a military guy, you know, there were several people that I served with that, uh, had some pretty good issues and, you know, have PTSD. They got taken care of, they, you know, one way or the other, but then guess what? They're still in the military. They're still actively serving our country and that's okay. You know, nobody thinks twice about kicking them out of the military. Uh, so why do we worry so much about kicking out of first responders? I mean, I tell you, we did a we did a news segment with a local news channel here uh, in Arkansas, and and something that I talked about a lot was if you would just take out everything that you hear about in the military with the PTSD, just take out veteran and put and put first responder because it's almost the same thing. You know, a lot of veterans are first responders now anyway, mm-hmm. and so the problems that we're dealing with and attacking with the VA side of this is the same problems that we're attacking with on you know the the first responder side of this. But I don't see, you know, a whole lot of people jumping up and saying, let's shut down the military or, you know, let's kick all the military guys out for having issues. So why don't we do that to our to our local heroes? I, I don't know. And I, well, I suspect a lot of it has to do with money and sure. fear of civil liability and all these other things. And and also quite we hear quite often we, we have cities, counties and states who don't want to take care of officers uh, or firefighters who were severely physically injured in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. They pass it off to workers' compensation, and we know that that's not always the best quality care. So a lot of this boils down to dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think part of that stigma of that guy that we're talking about in these movies, it might even prevent someone who's suffering from reaching out because they feel ashamed of how they are and how they've become. And they wanted beating themselves up even more and trying to handle it with willpower, and that doesn't work. Mm-mm. No, you've got to reach out. I mean, you really, you really need to. 
there's no sense in trying to fight this alone. I mean, if you were running to a bad call, let's just say, you know, a shooting somewhere, you're not generally going to run in that building by yourself. You're going to wait for some backup. Why are we not waiting for backup? Why are we not being backup? Why are we not being a hand uh, in this, uh, this, this battle as well? Because this battle is no different than, like you said earlier, than any other call that we go to in law enforcement. Absolutely. It's uh, 100% the same. And you brought up another great point. It's, you know, I'm talking to you. It's like I've, I've, I've known you forever, and we've never even met in person. I was trained by a lot of Vietnam veterans. You know, I came out on a job in 1980, long time ago. And we even had Korean War veterans who were police. A lot of them were real old timers or they were commanders. But all of them, you know, instilled the best they could knowledge of how to deal with these constant nonstop violent situations. And all of them had issues, every one of them. But there were tons of veterans in law enforcement. And it's a huge, valuable asset. And we don't talk about our veterans when they come home from Afghanistan, Iraq, or wherever it might be, as if they're somehow uh, yesterday's garbage to throw out because they got issues. Yet, we Mm -hmm. will do that. Society will take that attitude with our our first responders and say, get rid of them. Yeah, and and and, and unfortunately, I'm not sure how to combat that. You know, that's the the bad thing about it. Um, I think the only way to combat it is is to talk about it and and let people know that there's faces and that that we're members of the community, uh, we're contributing members of society, we've got families that uh, we're, we're not... We're not the Rambo guys you see in the movies who can't get along with anybody who lives in the woods. I, li- I really like the idea of the peer support talking one-to-one. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is with starting this is we didn't know exactly how to approach a lot of things. You know, we were sitting there like, okay, you know, how do we get these guys to talk about something that they don't want to talk about? And honestly, the best way that I've seen so far to do it is just go up there and start talking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, people with suicide especially, you know, so many people think if you talk about suicide – that that's going to put a notion in their head to kill themselves. That's not the case. You know, we've, you know, statistically and, and or not necessarily statistically, but just talking about it, if a person wants to commit suicide, that's, that's already there. Me talking about it is not going to put that in their head. So that's why when we do talk about suicide, we ask direct questions. Do you want to hurt yourself? You know, how would you do it? You know, we want to find out what's the same thing with these guys with PTSD. Are you having an issue? Do you need help? Is there some way I can help? How can I help? You know, some will be more responsive, but the more and more time that we talk about it and see that it's okay to talk about it, the more responses we're going to get from these guys. And the I love support- the old timers, but I love working with some of the older guys, but unfortunately they were kind of taught to just keep quiet about it. And yes. I think we really need to break that cycle. They do. Uh, the suck it up buttercup was a big mentality that we had uh, prominently through the uh, 80s and 90s. And this is where I, I think we owe a big round of applause and gratitude to our, our Vietnam veterans in particular because they're the ones who really started bringing this to the forefront and really worked hard. They really worked really hard uh, and, and suffered quite a bit to try to get changes in attitudes, changes in the VA. And if we can take that attitude of change that work with the VA and bring it to departmental levels in cities and counties and states. I think a whole lot more lives will be saved and careers will be saved. And that's a plus for everybody. We're talking with Travis Browning on the Law Enforcement Today show. We're going to take a short break. I promise we'll be back in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? 
Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677. Get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy, some uncle I never knew, called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars, and they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor, and The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Travis Browning is our guest on the Law Enforcement Today show, talking about uh, his organization, which is called Heroes Behind the Line. Before we forget, because it's very easy for me to do, tell people where they get more information about your organization. The easiest way to get a hold of us or find out anything that we're doing is is the the main forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, We do have a a blog spot that we we put on uh, pretty regularly. It's uh, heroesbehindtheline.wordpress.com. We do have uh, PayPal if anybody wants to help out. Obviously, you know, doing some of this stuff does cost a little bit of money to help these people out. So uh, those are also all on our website. And uh, you can just find us there on on the Facebook would be the easiest, I think. So making a donation would be a great way for someone listening to help. Uh, They can do that via your Facebook page. You know what else is very, very uh, beneficial is when you post something for people to like, comment, and share it. Uh, so be sure to go and like their page. Uh, and if you're not having a problem, and share that information because you might save someone else's life. And that's the easiest way to help make increase the awareness about organizations like yours. Click, like, and share. That's all you got to do on Facebook. Uh, by the way, our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today, we encourage you to do the same thing. Have you found that using your own experience of what you've been through is a beneficial way to to break the ice with someone who might be struggling? I found that it's probably the best way that I struggled through what I had. I tell you, when I first uh, started this experience, when I was going through my issues, uh, there was a, a chief deputy of a county here in Arkansas. The guy is a cop's cop, a man's man. You know, he's he's a role model in his community. And, you know, SWAT team guy, very well physically fit, mentally strong. 
and I'm looking at this guy like this guy's, you know, he's kind of like a Rambo, you know, he's a pretty good dude. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of idolized him a bit, I guess, and, you know, really looked up to what he was doing. And then I found out that he was shot in the line of duty on a SWAT raid. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's crazy, you know, but he's okay. He's going to make it through it. He's a strong man. He makes it through it, but then he's the, the mental side of things hit him and he struggled a little bit. And, but ultimately he came out of it and he is now a very large advocate in the mental health in, in law enforcement scene. And I said, you know, if this guy that's as fit as he is, as strong as he is, doing all the things that he does can have a problem, I can too. And so that's kind of the mentality that I took when I started spreading this word. You know, throughout my career, I've, I've been with the SRT teams. Uh, you know, I've been in narcotics, uh, detective, uh, canine. You know, I've, I've been through these different fields in, in law enforcement. And if I can have these issues, well, you know, so can somebody else. That's right. Uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, who's been doing more or who's done less. You know, we all, we all experience the same issues and go to the same calls and we all work for one team. And so, and that's okay. And so it's okay to have a problem. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to get with your buddy in the middle of the night and say, Hey buddy, I need some help. And, and as your buddy should, he should jump up and help you. If he doesn't feel free to get a hold of us and we will do what we can to help you out as much as we can and as far as we can. That's a, a really good point. It, it's okay to say I'm struggling. And just because I'm struggling doesn't mean that it, it's a lifelong affliction or you might even have PTSD. You just might be going mm-hmm. through a rough spell. Uh, and, and no one's going to understand you more than other people have done the same thing. One of the things I've noticed, and I've done this, I've done it when I've interviewed people on the Law Enforcement Day show. I've done it when i talked with other uh, active and retired first responders is compare you know i got injured in line of duty it ended my career i had multiple surgeries and then i hear like your your friend you talked about who was a, a pillar in a community and a well-respected law enforcement officer been shot and he survived but then you go well i should be okay because my injuries were nowhere near as bad as his mm-hmm. it's just this weird mental game of comparing that somehow i i shouldn't be as affected as i am because it wasn't as bad as someone else's yeah it, but it, it you know, and people need to understand that it doesn't matter how bad that call was. It's it's about how your body took it, how your mind took it. You know, yes, he was shot. I have not been shot. But, you know, there's things that I've seen that may be a little worse in my own mind than what his was. So don't focus on whether or not we should compare this because it doesn't make a difference who's bigger or who's smaller. It's all the fact that we need to come out of this together. You almost said it, it, it with, with guys, and I can't speak to women, but with guys, <laughs> there's that comparison thing. You know, it's it's always, he's got more money, he's got more yeah. muscles, his hair is nice. It's always a, a, a game we play with our heads, our insecurities. So when someone get, get extremely rattled, you know, and quite often, and by the way, for those listening, I'm not an expert in this. Uh, for those in law enforcement, it's not always one incident. I heard a great description. Uh, a first responder, a police officer said that, you know, over his career, he, he wore a backpack. And every horrific scene he went to, he wound up putting a pebble in that backpack. And over the years, that backpack got full. And there was one incident that overloaded the entire backpack. And the whole thing broke and he fell apart. And, and it wasn't that incident. It was the accumulation of everything that they'd been through and experienced that took its toll. And that's why that comparing thing 
can actually cost you your life and cost you your yeah. marriage and cost you your career. Stop the comparing. Yes. Just start talking. Yeah, there's, there's no sense in the comparing apples to oranges because we all experience it differently. Um, you know, talking about uh, you hit a little bit on, you know, your marriages and stuff like that. Get your family involved in this. And that is something that we're, we're interested in with Code 9 is when they come up and uh, they put on their class for the first responder, part of that class is also a day for the family members so that they can kind of know what's going on. Because unfortunately for us, there is a lot of divorce rates and yeah. money issues in this game. And it's just, I think a lot of it is because they don't understand. You know, same way that that doctor with me didn't understand what I was talking about, your wife or your spouse, uh, boyfriend, girlfriends, whatever, just sometimes don't understand it. So the more that we can educate them to help us, the more you know likelihood we have of survival. And it's also putting an unfair burden on them when they're they're not a therapist, they're not a counselor, no. and and mm-hmm. to to have the role of being husband or wife, and all of a sudden you have to go from being a husband or wife into caretaker for physical injuries is difficult, uh, from what mm-hmm. I'm told. But having to be a caretaker for someone who has mental injuries. It's not fair for them. They don't have the answers, and they can't handle them by themselves. Well, it's very easy to, you know, you're talking about if it was a physical injury, I can put a Band-Aid on it, or I could, you know, uh, give you an ice pack or whatever that physical injury might need. But how do you fix a mental injury if you don't know what you're doing? Right. You know, and that's the biggest thing. I'm, we're not experts at this. We're not medical professionals by no means. But we've got the resources to get you to those if that's what you need. And that's why we want to make sure that, hey, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we've got. And, uh you know, we want you guys to come out and do the best we can with what you got, you know, and that way we can all attack this together. And, you know, the more we talk about it, I, I know I've said this a thousand times and I'll continue saying it. The more we talk about it, the more we say it's okay, you know, the better off we're going to be, guys. And no one has a problem if you get injured in a car wreck in your cruiser and you got to go to physical therapy. No one bats an eye. Mm-hmm. You know, you got no, a physical injury. No. We may, we may, you know, downplay it, the old John Wayne syndrome, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm okay, but I'm doing this with doctor's orders. No one balks at that at all. But when the brain gets injured from repeated, repeated exposure to trauma and violence and, and death, all of a sudden we act as if that's different than uh, a bicep or a heart or a, a liver. You, you yeah. can't think your way out of the problem. You, you have to do some other things. Yeah, well, and, you know, see, in the state of Arkansas, unfortunately, you know, like workman's comp issues, you know, physical injuries are covered, but mental mental injuries are not. And so if, if I fell down and broke my leg in a drainage ditch, you know, walking through it, then, hey, I'm taken care of. But if I seen somebody else doing it and it affected me in a way that I needed some help, I get nothing. Right. And that's something else that, you know, uh, talking about Code 9, I love them guys. I can't talk about it enough, unfortunately. Uh, you know, they've helped other states, you know, push that. You know, so if you're in another state and you're needing some help and you're kind of wondering, like, what can we do? Reach out to some of these organizations because that's what we, we did starting out. But how can we change that? Get with your legislator, you know, uh, senators, representatives, city council members, quorum court members, all that. Let them know that this is what's going on. Let them know that it's a problem so that we can see about getting it changed and uh, across the, the home front. Before we wrap things up, tell everybody where they can get more details about your organization. Uh, Heroes Behind the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we also have a website at heroesbehindtheline.wordpress.com. Travis Browning, thank you so very much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Don't be a stranger. We'll have you back again in the future. Thank y'all so much. Don't, and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you're not alone. There is help available. 
When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. If you want to tell your story, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya.